this is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Katie Swenson. Katie's a leader, has had this great career. Uh, she's in Mountain. She's also spent time, I believe, in the Air Force. Uh, a fascinating career. Katie, can you take a moment and tell us about yourself and your career? Sure. Well, let me first start by saying thank you for the opportunity to have a conversation with you. You've created an impressive series and have hosted some really remarkable leaders. And it's just great to have a channel in which to dialogue and, and collaborate with really our life's work. So thank you, Scott, for your role in that. Um, regarding my career, I, I do suppose it seems a bit circuitous, but I'll tell you that Every stage has been an adventure, and I've learned something meaningful about myself in every position, whether that's been a student, an officer in the military, or a provider in healthcare. Um, at 18, I considered my options. I fortunately had worked fairly hard, and so was fortunate to have options. Um, but I knew that I wanted not just to have a set-apart career, but really a set-apart life. And so I knew that really quite selfishly, the Air Force Academy would provide unique opportunities for me to not only be able to serve my country, but for me to develop in ways that my 18 to 20 year old counterpart would likely never really get to experience. And um, so I knew I wanted to be a, a, a physician. I wanted to go into medicine. Um, I was a bio pre-med major, did all of the med school things, uh, a research internship down at Wilford Hall, MCAT prep, et cetera. But along the way, I got some really good advice, and that was, school will always be there, go live. And so I did just that. I requested an overseas assignment intentionally in a non-healthcare-related career field, and one that really, I recognized that in order to be truly successful, I would, I would need to stretch myself. Um, I would force myself into a growth mindset um, because that was what was required of me in the position and, and in the role. So I found myself in aircraft maintenance. I started out as a flight commander, uh, about 75 to 80 airmen or so under my command. And that was changing to be charged with the well-being of others. And since we were overseas, their families um, was really sobering at 22. And I will never uh, forget my first day on station. I <clears throat> took command and my senior, uh, senior master sergeant and I were walking back to the office and he said, okay, ma'am, you know, now, now we get to do some hard stuff. We've got to issue some disciplinary action. And, and unfortunately, this is going to be career ending for, for two individuals and you know, the third one, it's probably not going to go very well. Um, and that was my introduction to the Air Force, to leadership, uh, to my professional career. Um, and, and it really turned into quite a beautiful experience. That, that incident, um, you know, I reflected on that for a couple of reasons. One, I thought, well, gosh, what, what is going on in this unit that we have these disciplinary issues. And two, what was really impactful for me was to recognize my role in shaping those airmen's lives and to have to come in with the rank and the authority to um, issue disciplinary action in such a way that 
that would be impactful for those individuals, yet never having been afforded the opportunity to get to know them, to have mentored or coached um, upstream of this event was, was really thought provoking. And, and how am I going to learn from this experience and carry it with me forward so that, that other people don't have to go through this or that, that myself as a leader can, can change the course of people's lives uh, before it gets to that point. Let me ask you a question. Was being in the military, was it scary? Was it interesting? What was it like for a young woman to be in the Air Force at that time? I mean, you hear so many positive things about the military, and then you hear that it was also a tough place for a period of time for women and gender issues and other issues and, and being treated appropriately. What was it like at that period of time when you were, you know, a really a young, young person, first real experience in life, at least in work life? What was it like? Well, that is a great question. So I graduated um, high school in 2001, and my first year at the Air Force Academy was impactful, not just for me personally, but for our country. Um, that was September 11th, um, and I had finished basic training. Uh, I'd gone through survival and evasion, actually ironically sitting in my military strategic studies class and watching the towers fall and that was a really uh sobering moment that was that was recognizing that when we graduated we would be graduating into a time of conflict if not war and that had serious implications for not just our academic training the military um, academies our technical schools uh, aeronautical engineering, astronautical engineering, um, and the like, but really for all of the the military and physical that we would do in academy, so survival and evasion training, unarmed combat, um, all of that took on a very new meaning. And it wasn't just, hey, you might need to know this one day. It was, no, really, you're going to need this, to know this one day. Um, so that that really reframed my approach to the learning opportunities, both academic uh, and leadership that I, I approached in my time as a cadet. Um, so, so that had profound impact on myself and recognizing that I was committing to not necessarily a career in the Air Force or a career in aircraft maintenance, but a career in leadership. And um, that was where I felt my impact was and really what has been something I've carried with me into the healthcare space. Um, you but, asked but, that, about but that's actually a fascinating time. If you join the military, like so many young people do, thinking they're going to get this great leadership experience, they're going to grow so much, but, but they're not really expecting usually that they're going into conflict because, you know, there's some, but there's not wars, at least like the Korean War, World War II, Vietnam for the last 30 years, so people think they're not going into the conflict, but then you find, oh my goodness, I'm actually going into you know, the, the military at the point in time I'm in it is actually going to be at war. That must be a fascinating sort of awakening period. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, um, I mean, it very much shaped my, my mentality of you, you fight how you train. And I'll tell you that the direct correlation to healthcare, uh, we're in it now. Uh, you you fight how you train. And in surgery, I practice in pediatric general surgery trauma and pediatric liver transplant. 
and pediatric neurosurgery are my areas. And we have protocols. We have, you know, all sorts of, of um, processes in place, uh, safety, you know, clinical work, uh, teaming that takes place in the hospital and, and particularly in a teaching facility. Um, but those are no kidding in place for a reason. And, and right now, during this pandemic, we're experiencing that. Uh, so very, very direct parallel to the work that I did in the military. I'd say the other parallel is really having transitioned from what is truly a high reliability organization, um, such as the military, into one that is striving to be a high reliability organization. Not quite there. We still have opportunities and, and places where we can improve. Um, but there is a significant difference between a high reliability team and the perception of a high reliability team. And that takes a lot of, of self-awareness to recognize that about yourself and your team, how you're going to lead that team into a pandemic, um, and how you're going to keep them safe and motivated and really staying in the fight mentally. But, but I think that's really a fascinating point on high reliability and how important it is and how health organizations, as great as they are, are constantly striving to get better and better. Take one moment on, you know, you know, what are your top priorities this year? Where are you most focused this year? What are you most excited about this year? Okay, well, I'll say safety is paramount. Um, I think that that cannot be overstated um, enough. So I think whether it's the military, whether it's, it's healthcare, uh, sending your troops or your caregivers into harm's way is a known entity. And I think that everybody recognizes that when they sign up for this job and this role. Um, as a leader, you know, I can't guarantee that there won't be, won't be casualties. You know, people, I can't guarantee that people will not get sick. But what I can do for them is to do my very best to set them up for success to the best of my ability and give them the tools, give them the resources, the rest and reassurance that they need to sustain and to remain vigilant. Um, what's probably even more important than that, though, in some respects, is letting them know that I'm here. As, as their leader, you show up. And you show up differently when you're on service with colleagues and pediatric patients um, from when you do uh, in the boardroom or, or you know, on the Hill, for example. But, but showing up is the bottom line in instilling that intrinsic motivation and their desire to succeed. I think um, another top priority for, for myself and my team is defining equity, making it tangible. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of actionable steps taken in this space uh, recently in healthcare in particular. And I don't know that we've done a great job in really defining equity. Um, equity is, is multi-quotient and what I mean by that is there's an IQ, an intelligence quotient, there's an emotional quotient, and then there's the cultural quotient, um, your, your self-awareness when it comes to culture and just situationally culture in general. And I think that there are some ways that equity is very easily measured. Uh, we can track progress in hiring and retention. Um, you know, those are the easy parts of equity. I say easy a little bit, you know, tongue in cheek because it, it takes actionable steps and, and effort and intention. But really, it's that cultural quotient that is challenging um, and to some degree that emotional quotient because how do you 
how do you tell someone how they feel about equity? Um, how do you define value? And we've struggled in that in the healthcare space as we move towards value-based care. What does value look like for the patient? How does equity look like from the caregiver's perspective? Um, so I think working with my team to really focus our, our efforts as we continue our clinical work on taking care of ourselves, making sure that everyone feels valued and respected, and, and how can we look at what equity looks like within our surgical space. And then, you know, really, you might kind of balk a little bit, but the third priority of mine is really, you know, changing the world. And before you think, you know, oh, that's cute, um, but think about the impact of a true enabler, um, the ability of leaders to remove barriers, create opportunities, unleash potential, and, and not my potential, but those around me, the potential of my team, of, of multidisciplinary teams um, throughout the hospital or throughout a system, but really helping others reframe the mission so that it becomes personal and they choose to engage. Um, getting people to look outward instead of inward and how can I contribute to you know, my family, my team, my organization, my community, um, people, people follow leaders, not organizations. And so really trying to stay um, true and authentic to the leader that I am, uh, the values that I want to instill in our team that align with, with Intermountain Healthcare and stay mission focused. And how do I create and maintain, especially in COVID, that personal relationship with my caregivers so that they feel empowered um, and they know that they, they make a difference. Katie, I want to thank you for joining us. What a magnificent career, uh, really in leadership through the Air Force or Intermountain. Just a great pleasure to visit with you today. And thank you so much for taking the time with us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Can't wait to get a chance to visit with you again. Thank you very much for joining us. Great. Thanks so much, Scott. Take care.